0: Hey friends and welcome to Dream Nation. I'm your host Yulia and before I get into the show, I want to ask you to share this podcast with a friend. Tweet it, Instagram it, send it through a smoke signal, do whatever it takes to let them know that there's this really awesome podcast out and I really want a lot of people to hear it because it's a really great show because I have wonderful guests on like my next guest by the name of Benita Condi. She is the founder of a life coaching consultancy called Create Radical Love. She focuses on helping people create an approach to radically love their whole entire life life experience not just the compartmentalized parts of it and on the show Benita shares her advice for focusing your energy and how to do more of the things that you love and less of the things that you don't love we also talk about low and high vibrations and this is actually one of my favorite topics in the whole entire world and this episode is really great for helping you find your love or get back on the course after you've fallen off the track i hope you enjoy the show share it with a friend Hello. Hello. How are you? Hi, I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Happy Sunday. Saturday. Saturday.
1: Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Happy I really
0: Saturday. need it to be Saturday. <laughs> Happy Saturday. Um, you know what? I've been I've been really lucky to just have been working from home for the last five months and like every day is kind of the same. When you're doing your own thing, every day is a Sunday. So I have like questions, and we have half an hour, and then I'm going to ask a few more questions, and it's going to be fabulous. I start out the show by asking all
1: my guests, what was your dream as a kid? Such a great question, and um, an intense one for me. I knew at eight years old that I wanted to be a professional ballet dancer. Um, so I was studying dance from the time I was three and uh, started taking classical ballet from a teacher who had um, immigrated from the Ukraine, which was still the USSR at the time. And um, she lit up my world. Like I saw what I wanted to do, and uh, she was an incredibly passionate little teacher. So at eight, I committed to a career as a classical ballet dancer, and I, I followed that path and uh, danced professionally until I was 22.
0: That's amazing. Um, I think dancing as a ballerina really gives you the stamina because I know that you went into advertising for a long time before you started mm-hmm. your company. And I think the discipline probably from being a ballet dancer give you a lot of discipline for advertising and resilience.
1: Yeah, there's a ton of parallels, which I didn't see, obviously, until I was a little bit further into my advertising career. But creation with a group of people, um, I entered the advertising industry as a project manager and I could see people working and moving together um, as another form of choreography. I'm very visual in that way. I can see flow. I can see where there's lack of flow. I can see sort of people moving and an organization moving from that kind of like more visual light energy movement flow perspective so once I really got into project management and resource management and working with creative people I saw how it was an extension of my ballet career um and I love managing people as well and that came sort of in between my ballet career and my advertising career where I went I loved managing people so in the advertising world it came together in a really beautiful way for a period of time it was like an aha moment for me Um, It definitely, uh, the stamina, the um, discipline, the dedication, um, and all of that lights me up to this day. I mean, I very much apply and have applied those characteristics or like traits and kind of patterns in who I am to um, my current professional iteration as a coach and consultant and teacher of really enlightenment of of allowing people to wake up, guiding people to wake up to their true infinite selves.
0: You know, you just said something really interesting, which stuck with me, which was moving energy, right? Because Mm -hmm. as a project management, you move projects and you move energy. You're like, okay, Mm -hmm. we got to get this project through and you got to keep everything flowing, which kind of leads me into the next question, which is what keeps most people back from living in love? Like, why are they not in the
1: flow? You know, what keeps most people back? Yeah, I love that question. Uh, The biggest answer to that, I think there's very specific answers, obviously for each individual, but like the broadest answer is um, not fully embodying or understanding that they are infinite, that they have infinite potential, infinite possibility, and knowing that the body is the ultimate truth. And the ways in which people forget that Because I believe that we're all born with that knowing before thoughts and words and concepts and belief systems and structures and um, expectations are uh, we encounter, you know, as we grow up. Before all of that happens, we are just these beautiful light energy beings, you know, before we have thoughts and words. And so I think then the next piece to that is the lack beliefs that... Um, we come to believe are true about ourselves. And that's sort of the next piece that holds most people back. Um, And from my own experience, you know, I had a beautiful, wonderful career in the advertising industry, and I love working with creative people. I love working with anyone. Um, We all are creative. Um, But in the advertising industry in particular, um, working in creative departments, I just came to see that as much as it really as an industry works to provide as open and interesting and um, flexible sometimes an environment as it can from like a more corporate perspective there's massive limitation when it comes to really the financially motivated structures behind it and the fears attached to those and so i could see it most clearly through that process and i came to believe in that industry that i was not a creative person in my own right as I was deciding to leave and as I was, um, you know, I'd resigned and I hired coaches about a year and a half ago and left my full-time job in creative and talent management. But one of the first things I said to my coaches was, I, you know, I'm not creative in my own right. I'm great at facilitating for other people who have creative vision. And three months later, after working with them, I was able to envision a coaching platform and a way of working with people and my own business And bring that to life very shortly after that. And was like, oh, (laughs) wait a minute. That was purely a belief holding me back. Like our thoughts and our feelings are not real. And that they are ever flowing and shifting and changing. They're beautiful and wonderful. And our imagination obviously create and those limiting and left beliefs create catalysts for us to create change and for us to move forward and create. And so it all works hand in hand, but the limiting and lacking beliefs are the key component to keeping anyone back from what they really desire that loved flowing life.
0: That's so true. So how can people achieve flow instead of living a compartmentalized life? I think mm. most of us compartmentalize ourselves, right? We go yep. to advertising, we go, I am an art director. I make art, but then I am also a copywriter. And then I'm yep. also in SAG AFTRA, so I'm interested in film. And I have all these different lives and like I do all my like Dream Nation stuff. And um Jobs just compartmentalize you and they don't see you as like a whole person. They don't see you as a wife, a mother.
1: (laughs) You are a cog in the wheel and we need you to provide this one uh, role and responsibility. Yeah. And it's becoming more and more suffocating and limiting for people for sure. My answer to that is knowing your calling and then following it and following it from a place of some faith. However you define that, wherever you find that, it can be um, grown and fostered and loved from a multitude of different places. So I don't necessarily mean that from a a religious perspective at all, but um, it can truly just be faith in your own potential, in your own infinite power, in your true excitements and in your intuition. So that's my main answer is from intuition, cultivating that, believing in it, trusting it. Um, allowing it to flow, elevating your vibratory state through whatever activities light you up and make you most excited, and then being absolutely, like, with a surgeon's precision, crystal clear about your prioritization. And then that starts to create more of a flow and a loved life and one that incorporates, you know, whatever your excitements might be. Um, For me, I felt a very compartmentalized life in a more corporate, going to work every day for 10 to 12 plus hours a day, um, then coming home and I have a son and a husband and a dog and, and love my family life and my friends. And, um, at that point I had no other creative expression. I wasn't back in the studio dancing. Um, like I have been more recently. Um, I wasn't expressing myself through my own creations because I think there was no time. So I, I love to hear that you are flowing through all of the, um, creative expressions that you're very passionate about, Cause I find one sort of leads to the next leads to the next. And then the ability also to pivot and in society, when we have like a full-time job and then maybe other responsibilities that like are the, like let's say the two main compartments and we kind of go back and forth between the two, let's say it's two just for the sake of this conversation. And we don't feel like they're really flowing together and we don't maybe feel like we're doing any of that at our best, but we're like trying (laughs) and it's exhausting like blinders end up being put on to anything that might be coming from intuition and that might be coming from a more inspired place that might seem sort of crazy in quotation marks, like, Ooh, this inspiration just came and I actually want to go spend my time doing all of that now, but I'm supposed to be this and I'm supposed to be that. Like I have this role at my job and I have these roles in my you know, personal life and I'm supposed to be those things. So I couldn't possibly actually go follow my excitement. And I think that's where I that's where I was stuck, like based on societal beliefs, um, beliefs from family of origin, beliefs that I just imposed upon myself from who knows what influence I believed I was supposed to be a person working in a full time job. Not that there's anything wrong with full time jobs. You can also do those beautifully from a place of excitement and calling. But I find for my clients who do choose that path, we really have to find the language in which they communicate about themselves and what they want in those roles and then how they go about communicating that to others so they really get what they want inside an existing structure. So there's a way to do that. But for most, I find a lot of people are really excited to define it themselves Um, and to just like define that calling, which is the work that I do with my individual coaching clients. And I I do it in a different format with my business clients in terms of defining a mission after individual leadership uh, have defined their personal callings. And then you really look at it from that prioritization standpoint and, like, what is in my life that is actually a lower vibration, that is not raising this vision up, that is not my highest excitement, that might be distracting me from it. And you start to eliminate some of those things, and then the focus and the attention gets much, much more clear on that, like, flowing path. And it might mean you spend more time on something than something else, but when it comes from a place of calling, it doesn't have, like, that guilt and the... um, Lack of clarity associated with it.
0: You know, I think you brought up such a great point right now. You talked about low vibrations, right? Yeah. And um I think this is a question that so many people have, which is, you know, how can people transition from earning a living through their day job to earning a living through their passion?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. And it's an interesting one because there's a lot of um very specific personal circumstances attached to that for each individual belief systems around money, um, what they may have in terms of current fiat currency, in terms of what money means and what it looks like um, in this world today in terms of a form of exchange for goods and services, but what that might look like in each individual's life. So I can speak about it in, re- in relation to my experience Um, and into, you know, the experience um, in working with others around this. And it does relate to my last answer, because I do find when a vibratory state in an individual, in a being, and that means, you know, the energy that you are exuding sort of out into the world, when that is raised through that process that I just described, you know, defining a calling, raising your vibratory state, prioritizing things out of your life that are lowering that state, becomes a very different flow in terms of then what is attracted to you and what comes to you. So from my experience, you know, I left my full-time job, have a family in New York city, and I had three months of savings. And that was terrifying to my like Benita, the person, Benita, the person who had been conditioned by the world to be a good parent and a, you know, responsible partner and wife and wanting to like move forward in my life, from a like financial growth perspective, I mean it was insane from all of those beliefs, right? To do that, um, but I knew like there was just this deep knowing that there was no other way because I wanted to change something. I wanted to have a freer, more open palette professionally, and the only way I knew to do that was to give myself some time and space. So, and my coaches were obviously with me during that process, and it's very, very helpful to have support when you take leaps like this, Um, it's one of the most powerful aspects I find of coaching because the belief system of the smaller self, human person, you know, the mind can quickly come in and start to tell us we're crazy and we shouldn't do these things and it's scary and basically what if we die? Like survival is very, very attached to our, what we believe is like our current earning potential, like on paper. (laughs) So in doing that, in shifting, in I focused a lot on yoga and meditation and meeting with people who I was excited to understand them and their stories and chat a bit about my philosophy around love being missing from creative businesses and creating a radically loved life. Like, what if, if I'm doing this and I feel it happening? Can more people do this? And the more that started to happen, the more seeing that the pure focus of creating a business and being of service to others. That's the really big piece of this. You know, if they are in competition with one another, how do you make those difficult decisions? Um, And I have found that, you know, again, the defining of that calling and really using it as like the target that you measure everything against. And sometimes it does mean saying no to things. And I was interviewing for a few talent related roles in the advertising industry that would have been sort of next step career moves me that would have been potentially big and interesting, you know, on paper, I could just feel them pulling my energy down. So I, I made that scary choice to continue forward with the business, knowing that we would blow through our savings. If you know, we want to use that kind of scary terminology, or it would be the support for what would come next. And there was an audience, there was a clients ready and waiting and, and excited um, to work in this way and wanted to create Radically Loved Lives. So because it was my sole focus for three months straight, out of you know um, past experience working with people who I think were are wanting this and were excited about this, clients started to come um, a couple of weeks after I officially um, registered the business and opened a bank account and and like provided the space for it to happen. And I've seen it happen with many of my clients where there's just that moment. There's that like you know what I'm uh, my coaches call it burning the boats moment, but there's a moment where you're like I'm all in. I'm just moving in this direction and vibrationally from a law of attraction perspective, you start to then attract more of the opportunity that is then supportive of that uh, mission of your calling of being of service in that way. So I do find that it's it's an interconnected piece, at least in my experience and the experience of some of my clients to that, like really throwing all of your energy into the vibrational state and flow of the place where you are most excited. And then more of that exciting energy comes back.
0: It's so interesting, right? It is all about energy, and I think that's the biggest takeaway for anyone listening to the show. If they can really start comprehending energy Mm -hmm. and how how valuable their energy is, and how powerful they are if they actually own their energy, because right now, I kind of like I, I actually compare it to like um like a factory that milks cows, right? Mm -hmm. Like imagine your energy is 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 dairy and you you go into some cubicle and basically you get milked every day so at the end of the day you have no milk for yourself or your babies that's right right and you're just like in this perpetual cycle where these machines computers and um, structures are literally sucking the life out of you Mm -hmm. so you're going in and you're giving them all of your energy and when you come home you have no energy for yourself and it's the way that the system is also created the world is not created for you to live your dream no. It's created for you to support other
1: people, other who, people's like, dreams, yes. other people's dreams who have like figured it out. That's exactly right. right, and it's not certainly malicious in in like I think its initial excitement for certain companies and organizations, but it can shift from the creator model of like whoever's vision it was to start some service or or product. And then they hire a bunch of people to work with them in it. And it comes from this place of creation and excitement. But the minute it shifts to being beholden to some sort of financial goal, like if a company goes public or if there's some other financial pressure associated with that business that then becomes the purpose, the mission and the goal. It is no longer then about that creation mode, that excitement, that purpose that everybody gets behind and where there's more aligned energy. And it shifts to being aligned to something that is not at all about humanity. And I feel like that's where most people feel that sense of like being milked.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And um, and, you know, the whole thing with energy, um, you have to direct it at something. So you have to have a goal and it's literally like a laser beam. That you have to like shoot towards something and like amplify it.
1: Like your energy is real. Yeah, it is. And it affects, it affects and can affect many, many, many people. I mean, we have a choice to amplify it or contract it, but it's incredibly powerful. Um, and I've, you know, I think I've always, my entire life, had a true desire to want to be of service to others and felt it was compromised in certain ways, though I didn't see that fully when I was working toward other people's visions. But to know that you have the power to amplify and support and um, co-create with others in a way that moves that energy in a forward, positive, loving direction, I mean, we all have that capacity. Mm -hmm. That is what, that's what we're all here to do. And I feel like, you know, it's an interesting moment in time, uh, in sort of a raising, a rising of consciousness. Um, and, uh, those that, um, you know, are not, or maybe fearful of that or, um, or that's not aligning for them right now. And like all the contrast that's being created, I only see it as an excitement. Because they see it as a time where there's so much transparency happening, there's so much coming to light about um, the inequities of the world, and those who do want to be in alignment, uh, using their energy for the purpose of all, right? For one, for one united. And then there's you know those who are really quite service to self oriented, and they are fearful of it being about all. And and so we'll continue to see this uh, contrast and this. Very heavily catalytic period uh, for a while until it shifts. That is
0: so articulately um, phrased. Um, I can't even talk about how articulate it was. <laughs> that was mm. that was just very articulate. I think that's exactly what's happening. You have people who want equality for all, who people are calling communists or socialists or whatever, who are just trying yeah. to like acknowledge people. And then you have these other power structures that are holding on to these gold power structures that benefited very few people.
1: That's right.
0: And um, it's so fascinating. And I also want to say that I think the amount of energy it takes to make like eighty thousand or one hundred forty-five or two hundred fifty thousand dollars to making a million or ten million or a hundred million is the same. And I don't think mm-hmm. people realize that. I think they're thinking that you know, Jeff Bezos did this. To do this, but it's like no. Jeff Bezos went to work every day. He put in the 15, 14 hours that you did. He just used his energy wisely.
1: Yeah, and potentially, like we were talking about in terms of that very laser-focused vision, energy, intention, you know, with hyper-prioritization toward that goal. Only in that does you know something sort of that seems quite big, um, and one could say like sort of um, a very empowered um, creation. Happen. And I think if you read it over and over again in terms of successful people's books or um, those who've written books on um, how to really uh, utilize your time wisely and, you know, anything sort of along those lines, it's always about hyper prioritization.
0: You know, what's funny. All my I have I have a lot of people that I know. Right. I have a core group of friends that are like my four friends from high school. No new friends. Like that's my that's my ride and die <laughs> crew. Those are my friends, and then I have my larger friends from work and just life, and then I have this other group of friends that I've been meeting through the internet do all my work for the last few years, and everybody's always asking me to go out and do things. So The biggest thing that I learned in college, as soon as I got to college, I was like, whoa, I need to own my own energy. So I realized I had to become a hermit. So People are constantly asking me to do things. Hey, do you want to meet up for coffee? Hey, do you want to do lunch? And I just say, no, because I'm so focused. And I'll do phone calls and I'll do Google Hangouts, but I can't go out. I can't be there. Because if you go out somewhere, even in Manhattan, it's going to take you half an hour to get somewhere and then you're going to have that coffee and it's going to take two hours every time. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and do a 15 minute call and you have to be very clear about what you want from me because I will help you attain your goal and I will put you to the right connections and I will do my best. But like, it doesn't have to be a physical meeting, you know, because those things can
1: be... depends on your Mm -hmm. excitement it absolutely depends on your excitement. Like if that is the way for you to interact with others, to be able to share that light and share that vision and connect them in the ways that they may need. And like that vehicle serves that purpose most efficiently and in that prioritized way for you. Like, absolutely. I think for some where it's like, they have to sort of be out in the world to feel that they're in their creative flow. Then that would be their laser focused choice, right? Like I'm not doing anything in, in an off or like in a wherever the spaces that they would create inside, like I'm going to be outside X amount mm-hmm. of hours of the day. So for each individual and through the process of really defining what those excitements are for you and like what lights you up and like where you are at your best and where you are of most service, then yes, go down that path at purpose led Excitement-led experiences. That's what I have found has been most rewarding as well, especially in the last year and a half. Like, am I saying yes to something that will inspire me in some way, light me up in some way, um, create an exchange or a conversation that is going to lift both of us or however many of us involved up? Um, and that becomes um, more of the litmus test. Or is it I really am wanting to be filled and fulfilled from spending time with a particular group of friends or family members where I know it's, it's part of this creation. It's part of creating a radically loved life. Like it fits like my calling when I, um, launched create radical love was people experiencing radical love, radically loved lives, unconditionally loved lives where like self-love, empathy, self-care, self-understanding of excitement and intuition was at the core and that has now shifted. My calling has crystallized and clarified more in the last year and a half to people experiencing their infinite selves, like knowing their true infinite potential. And if in most moments, it's certainly not absolutely every moment of the day, there's, you know, I have a dog to feed and the dog just needs to be fed. I don't, you know, I guess that's a form of the dog knowing it's infinite self, but you know what I mean? Like it's not, you know, let's be real. There's just got to go fill the gas up. Got to gas up the car, you know. Like there's things that one must do. They're sort of a means to an end to living this life, and. But, but that is the litmus test. Like, am I going to go have this particular meeting with this particular person because I know I'm going to be able to see a bit of their blueprint into their infinite self and be of service to them in that way? And they are going to be excited about a project that I'm working on and we're going to co-create together and amplify this so that more people can wake up to their infinite selves. Like, that's sort of the litmus test for me for that type of prioritization, focus on calling, focus on what can be seen as a passion, but is likely where you want to be expressing yourself professionally. And that's the phrase I use, professional expression. How do we want to be of service in the world? Where can we potentially be, you know, have an exchange of currency for that service? And that that come from this place of excitement and calling?
0: I think everyone wants to attract projects that align with their core values and their interests and their love. So how mm-hmm. can one attract
1: projects that they want? Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to—it's a great question now because I think it goes back to the key points that we've covered, which is finding that calling, prioritizing your life in and around and with and in flow of that calling. In doing so, the vibrational energy that you are then putting out into the world is much more focused, and you start to make decisions to engage in—like, let's say there are 10 projects that you're super excited about, but you realize through the process of defining a calling— you're most excited about two or three. So you really start to focus your energy on those two or three then and through intuition. And I I can't, um, highlight that enough really understanding intuitively what excites you rather than the mind. And we haven't talked about meditation yet in this, but meditation is one of my, I think I mentioned it once in terms of my process, but meditation and listening and quieting the mind and detaching from thoughts then lead to emotions that we can come to believe are real and true. And without the ability to distance ourselves from that construct and just watch it a bit, we can get lost in making decisions about projects that are based on fear that are based on, on paper. It would look good if I did this, or I should do this because of this instead of like, what does my intuition, like my gut, my body, my experiential, Knowing, I get the chills. Ooh, I just had this conversation with somebody and I got the chills. Okay, that is not coming from my, you know, the rational part of my mind. (laughs) That is coming from like a sensory, energetic perception, as you and I were talking about. Like, really listening to the energy that's coming your way in potential projects rather than the mind saying, I'm afraid that if I don't take this, I won't have enough money. So, I better just take it. And then you do. And then it lowers your vibrational state for that period of time. And then you may attract more of that lower vibrating stuff rather than that moment of like, oh, I, I, I'm afraid, but I'm not going to take that just based on fear. I'm going to go focus my attentions on this other thing that's more exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Just even faith in that process, faith in that ebb and flow. Like I believe in my intuition enough to know this doesn't feel right, to say no, Or like to, you know, put parameters around something where I'm being very clear about what I, you know, I'm excited about doing but what I'm not. And sometimes when you tell people very clearly, sure, there's a part of this that's really exciting to me, but there's this other part that's not at all. And they're like, oh, well, we need you to do the whole thing, so no. That's another form, right, of saying no. Like, you just being very clear about what excites you and what doesn't. And that, I find, is what will attract more and more of exciting projects for people. And I've seen it. I've seen it happen for the majority of my clients.
0: I think the same goes for dating too, because I think a lot of people hang on to partners out of fear, out of comfort yeah. and other things too. And, um, you know, when it comes to dating, I tell all my girlfriends, don't share your energy with people that you're not 200% aligned with. Don't, I know people yeah. are horny, people are lonely, but once you start exchanging energy with somebody like that, and like, if you're exchanging energy with a low vibration person, it's going to pull you down. Yeah. Well, you need two people who are on the same level and there's like love
1: happening, like true love and respect, respect and support. I think the biggest piece for me, um, in relationship to relationships and relationship to others in this process is really take the time one needs in whatever format your life currently looks like. If that even just looks like a five minute meditation a day, But taking time to become self-sourcing, knowing that you are the creator of your reality, knowing that you are empowered. We are all enlightened. We just have a choice or not to tap into that. And so taking care of oneself in a way to know that you are always okay, that immovable, beautiful sense of self, energy of self, again, before thoughts and words, that part of you is always okay, no matter what. And the more we can have experiences with that, heighten that, really feel it, live from it, then we don't need that from another. And I find those are where the most powerful relationships exist that seem most clear and mutually supportive and you know where you kind of attract again a person into your life who's going to be that allow you your freedom allow you to pivot when you need to i think that's a lot of the challenge with relationships right is like you get into an agreement with another and the others like well i thought this is how it's going to go and you might have another excitement you might want something to shift and and are you with somebody who allows that freedom and that you allow that for the other as well like there's so just, there's so many constructs around relationship and what it means and what marriage means and what like sort of these contracts and these agreements mean. And they're so limiting. Mm-hmm. Just like and, jobs. And so I think right? that's what people get. Yeah. Just like jobs and people that then get so afraid of all of it. Right. Like what if I make the wrong decision and what about this and what about that? And it's like, none of it's actually real. It's just belief systems that we've all put this energy in to make it seem real but it doesn't have to be as real and contracting and constricting as we believe.
0: It's all a dream. And once you realize
1: that you can play with it
0: and you can like teleport and you can change so many things and it's so much
1: fun. (laughs) You can quantum leap. You can shift timelines. I mean, I can't believe a year and a half ago I was in a full-time job, feeling very compartmentalized, living in New York city, not taking care of myself physically in the ways I would want to not, you know, creating. And now I have my own business. I'm lighting people up, coaching incredible clients, both businesses, individuals, uh, educational institutions. Um, I live in Richmond, Virginia, have a house double, if not more of the size that we lived in, in New York city, like triple, um, I've chickens, I've, you know, can go down to the river here and I can work with clients around the globe. And like, there's no limitation. There's no, no, no limitation to shift and change and pivot. And for years I thought I needed it to look a certain way. And that was just all beliefs. It was all based on beliefs and they can change and they're changing now. Like we're doing school from home with my son and we're looking at how that's working and some aspects of it don't feel in alignment. So now it's only been two or three months and now we're going to probably have to pivot some of those things. We're desiring to pivot some of those things. And you can do that. You do not, need to hang on to a decision and say, or a version of your life and say, oh, it's got to be in this linear path for X amount of time. Like that whole construct, like I've got to stay in this job for a year because otherwise it will look like I'm not committed. Like, no, I just don't, I hands down do not believe in that concept anymore for anyone.
0: It's so true. So now that you have your chickens, what is your dream
1: as an adult? Oh yeah. It's a great question. My dream as an adult is to see more and more of society, of uh, culture, of the collective wake up to their true infinite selves. To live fully loved, aligned lives doesn't mean they're perfect at all. There's a lot of acceptance (laughs) that's a part of this as well. Acceptance is, you know, very, very much obviously intertwined with and a part of love, right? So that's a part of this too, is to like flow with more ease around everything and know that you're learning at every turn. But really, for for society and for the collective to continue to wake up to a point where we are in service to each other, where we are in service to others, to the all, and not so um, service to self focused. That's so beautiful. And where can people find you? They can find me online um, through my website. I have a contact page there. um, And my website is www.createradicallove.com. They can find me on Instagram um, at Benita underscore Condi. And, um, I'm on Facebook as well as Benita Condi and I have a public page there and my life and work. And I really don't even like using that word work, but my professional expression are all one thing. So I really communicate from a holistic place, um, across social media, but people can message me, um, from either one of those platforms, Um, and yeah, I'm available to talk to anyone, them personally or their business and happy to talk with anyone who's interested in raising the vibration of themselves or their organization and creating that radically loved experience.
0: Love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. And I'm so excited we actually got a chance to speak because this has been something that we've been planning in the works for like a year now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so honored. And I love your show. And I love the people that you're speaking to. And um, it's wonderful to be here with you.
0: Thank you so much. And uh, let's keep in touch. Thanks for tuning into the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dream Nation Love. It's not Dream Nation Podcast, it's Dream Nation Love because I think my single mission in life is to teach people how to love a little bit more and together we can save the world. So it's Dream Nation Love, share it with your friends, have a great day and go out and make the world a better place.